Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. This is Rob Moore with a slightly different topic than the usual. So I assumed when I created the Disruptive Entrepreneur that this podcast would be mostly listened to by people already entrepreneurs or maybe in their startup journey. And it's ironic because I've just finished a podcast about crowdsourcing, which is asking your customers, clients and fan base what they want and what they need and then giving it to them. And Quite a lot recently, I've been getting a lot of messages from people saying that they're in their job and then they want to leave their job, or people who want to be entrepreneurs, which are people who have the entrepreneurial flair, but they want the safety net of being employed. I've had lots of people saying to me, hey, Rob, thanks for your podcast. It helped me get a pay rise or something like that. So this one is directly for you if you are employed or if you want to be an entrepreneur, but maybe you don't want to leave your job yet. But also, on the other side of the coin, it's also for you if you are an employer because it will help you when you're employing. But it's just a slightly different flavour. I just wanted to test this out and see how it was responded. And if it's rubbish, I won't do anything like this again. And if you love it, I'll do more of these kind of entrepreneurial while you're working but wanting to be a part-time entrepreneur type podcast. So the title is How to Get Big Promotions and Pay Rises Fast. Now, I've been on both sides of the fence. I've been employed and I've been an employer We currently have hundreds of staff either in the office or outsourced. And I was a really bad employee. And I haven't always been a great employer. I always try and learn. And going to share with you some of the mistakes I made in being an employee. And then also some of the things, the best team members or employees that I've got have done, which makes me have to pay them more. And then maybe some of the ones that have moved on and, you know, maybe they could have done things a bit better to get more money. The first thing I want to tell you is I will pay people really good money and do my very best to keep them if they are good. And it's it's a simple equation. The more I need someone, the more indispensable they are, the more dependent my enterprise is on them, the more they get paid, the more I have to pay them, the more I want to pay them, the more I'll do to keep them, the more flexible I'll be with them. Now, we like to think in employment or being an employee, it's like, it's not really a meritocracy. It's kind of fair. And everyone gets their chance to get their 2% pay rise a year. And, you know, salaries are equal based on your level and X, Y, and Z. The world just doesn't work like that. It doesn't in my experience. We live in a meritocracy and we, we are attracted to keeping and remunerating and rewarding talent. And we are less inclined to do so with people who maybe aren't so great. So the first thing I can say to you is, Make sure you're indispensable. Make sure you're great. Make sure you're needed. Make sure that there's some kind of dependency on you, on the company. Now, you're not doing that to game the system, like downloading all the passwords and security and storing it somewhere where no one knows. I mean, that's, you know, that's using it as leverage. But the more that the company needs you, the more they'll have to pay you. So we're going to get to what you can do to get fast pay rises and big promotions. But first off, let's talk about some of the mistakes, the things you don't want to do, the common mistakes either I've made or I've seen people make. And, you know, we've, if we've got hundreds of people we employ in or out of the office, we've got triple that that have come and gone. So I think the main common thing that I see that I personally really dislike and also just really hinders people's career is almost this entitlement. 
like you know i deserve my incremental pay rise and i'm i'm not wor- i'm worth more than i'm being paid and i don't feel valued and i just don't like that mentality or that mindset it's not productive for the person but it's also not what the company wants and some rules on that are do not go and moan and whinge about the money you're on the amount of people i've heard that they moan and whinge to you know their their manager and everyone else in the team and around the coffee machine and around the water f- fountain or everywhere. Oh, I'm only paying this and I'm only paying that. That's not fair. I think I'm going to get another job and that's not fair. Look at me. Oh. <laughs> it's so unprofessional to do that. And the amount of times when I've been an em- employer, as I still am, where we've made little concessions or we've helped people out and we've asked for some discretion and we've had it thrown in our back in our face or they've gone and told everyone, you know, it's, it's really not what, you, what an employer wants to see. So don't moan about it. Don't whinge about it. Don't tell anyone else about it. Don't tell anyone else what you paid because it'll only annoy you when you find out they're on more and it'll only annoy everyone else. I'll get to what you're going to do in a minute, by the way, but I'm giving you the don'ts list at the moment. Never discuss any salary-related issues with anyone other than your manager and your, uh, you know, and the head of the company, because that will definitely come back to bite you. When they find out about that, they'll be less inclined to give you more because they know you haven't got any discretion. And I'm sure you wouldn't do that most of the time, but maybe you'd do that when you're feeling a bit demotivated or you asked for a pay rise and didn't get it or whatever, but that's when it'll bite you. Most people who are working are doing the minimum they can do to get by. And that is totally wrong. You can't expect a salary rise. You can't even expect a salary rise at inflation if you're doing the minimum to get by. You can't do that and expect to get more money. And that's what most people do. So don't be one of those. Don't put off big issues. Don't pass the buck to other people. Never say, oh, that's not in my job description and blah, 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 blah. Um, Oh, that's not my role. Give that to someone else. Or that's not my fault. That's XYZ's fault. And, And you hear that all the time. Now, the people who earn the most are the people who are... The company is dependent on them. They solve the big problems and challenges. So if someone who's not a very strong employee puts off big issues, what about if you roll up your sleeves and say, I'll deal with that? What about if you're the go-to person when there's a big problem? You become more valuable because when that next problem happens, you're the only person that they can go to and that makes you more valuable. Now, be careful not to use that as leverage and say, hey, I'm not doing that this time unless you give me 15 grand basic. But ultimately you will have that unconscious leverage. The issue of, oh, that's not in my job description or that's not my role, which you get a lot. Of course, you don't want to be doing everyone else's job because you'll be running around like a headless chicken. And this is an important concept that if you're doing everyone else's job, you can't do your own well. So you can kind of overbalance it where you want to help and you want to solve problems, but you're solving and helping all the other staff's problems and other people's problems, and you can't do your job properly. And that's what you're paid for, not theirs. You help them do their job and get paid more and you don't help yourself get paid more. So there's that balance, isn't there, between saying, no, I can't do this because this is my job, but not being a jobs with and saying, that's not in my job description. So how can you balance those out? And a good way to do that is to say, I'd love to help. I've currently got these 15 really important tasks. Could you just let me know which is most important and I'll do the most important to the company? And that's a really elegant way of saying this isn't important and batting it off. So at any one point, if you want to know what you're doing that's the most valuable to the business because the most valuable to the business is the most valuable to you, is go to your manager or your boss with the list of all the things that you've got going on. Say that you think that they're in this order of priority, but you want to make sure you offer the most value to the company. So say to your manager or your boss, what is the most important thing I should be doing for the company? You've just asked me to do this. I'll happily do it. I love working here. If it's the most important thing that brings the company the most money. 
So you put it in order for me. And that's a great way of getting rid of all these things that you shouldn't be doing that will take you further away from your career and also show your manager or your boss that you're focused on bringing in money from the business. Okay, right, so let's move on to what you should be doing. So I think the most important thing, and I remember Brian Tracy first teaching me this like 11 years ago when I actually was an employee, and that was you've got to do the job that pays the money you want to get the money you want. And the job that pays the money you want is probably a job that's above you or two or three levels above you in the kind of promotion chain. So you've got to go over and above your role and start doing things in the role above and above, obviously without getting into politics and the manager feeling like you're encroaching on their territory. But the point of this is you do more and give more value first, knowing that you'll become indispensable and the company will be dependent on you and therefore your remuneration will reflect that because your remuneration reflects your value. So people who say, oh, I'm not paid what I'm worth. Yes, you are. That's the biggest fallacy, the biggest victim mentality. I'm not paid what I'm worth. Everyone's paid what they're worth. The money that you get now. If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. is the remuneration directly linked to the value you give customers, clients, employers, and everybody else on the planet. The more value you give, the more money you get. Now, some of that value is based on what you did a year or two or three years ago, because it comes in delayed sometimes, and some of that is what you're doing now. So if you're always giving more value, then you are always creating more future pay rises. But most employees, especially the victim ones and the kind of clocker in or clocker outer ones, they're doing the opposite. They're saying, well, I'm only going to do this if I get paid X. And that's, that, that, that is a basically blackmail. And that's the way the employer might see it. Well, you know, what, why would they want to do that? Because it's a risk to them. It's a risk to them to pay more money before they see that the person is doing that role. So you de-risk that by doing that first. Now, by the way, if you just keep doing that and never get remunerated, then you might be in the wrong job. You might have the wrong boss that doesn't value you. Also, you might not be playing a smart enough game. And I've got some tips and techniques on how you can balance giving more value, but making sure that you get some committed remuneration and increase in both your promotions and your pay rises. So you should focus on not what you want, but the money you can make for the business. I love it when I hear team members say, I want to do this for the business, that for the business. I want to make the business the most amount of money. I want to do the core functions and the key result areas of the business. I want to do income generating tasks for the business. Now, of course, the most important thing to you is your career, your money, paying your overhead and giving you the income you want. 
But when you're talking to anyone in the team, be focused on that business, the customer, the company, what you can give and provide for them, how much money you can make for them. Your managers and your bosses will love that. Check your key result areas. Now, if you have a decent employer, they will have you on key result areas. So that's the three to seven things that you absolutely need to do in your role to provide the highest amount of value for your company. And therefore, you get your own remunerated share, which is higher. They're called key result areas. And if in your contract of employment or your job description, you don't have key result areas, get them in. Now, if you don't know what they are and your boss doesn't know what they are, you can bring value by telling them what they are. Because if a company doesn't have key result areas for every team member and they go and do this, this will add value to them. So this can be something you can give to them. But you should have in your job description document the three to seven things that your role is dependent upon that you have to do to keep your role and that add the most value to the company. Now, I'm sure you will experience so many times when you're overwhelmed, confused, you procrastinate, you put things off, you're frustrated, you feel all over the place, you feel dragged from project to project to project, you don't know what your main focus is. So make sure that you do your key result areas, you write them with your manager or your boss, and you check in with them every three to six months to make sure that you're doing them. If your company doesn't do them, go to your manager or your boss and say, hey, I've got this great thing which I think can really help the company. I think it'll help us make a lot of money. I'd love to implement it. I'd also love a small revenue share of the uplift. Can we propose that I I manage this project and then go and put the key result areas in for all the other team members? And then you get paid a bonus for that. What will give you the most money is your knowledge and expertise because that's linked to the value you give. That's linked to how dependent the company is on you or how kind of dispensable or indispensable you are. So you want to make sure you keep building your knowledge and experience. So every chance you get for the company to train you, to go on events, to run events for them, to be involved in internal training, external training, go on courses and retreats funded by the business, do it. Go and do it. Because the more you learn, the more you earn. And the more you know, the more you'll grow. You also want to do this yourself. So if you show that you're going on courses that will increase the value in your role and you're paying for it or part paying for it, that will definitely prick the ears up of your boss or your manager. It will show that you value what you know and that you're investing in yourself. And that certainly should help your cause. You'll want to do this for yourself anyway. So so a lot of people, when they get to a certain level of knowledge, like after university or after they've kind of done the induction for their role and they know it, they just they just go on idle. They just chug along on two cylinders, never really learning and growing and improving and challenging themselves and putting themselves out of their comfort zone. And that's why their salary doesn't really go up very much. And then they blame the world for it. And then they have to go and find another job. The next thing is you want to have a long-term vision. You want to know where you want to be. And you want to share that with your boss or your manager. Because if you share that with them, they've got a chance to give you that path. And I have had conversations with team members who've said to me, oh, well, I've just come out of uni and this is what I want for my career and I'd like to be here one to two years. And do do they not get that that's not what I want? I don't want someone to come and use this as a stepping stone or step on my head before they go to a better company in their view. I want to feel like they want to give their service and loyalty to my companies. Now, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's, that's how I would feel about my company. So if the employer or your manager feels like you're using that company as a stepping stone, then they're going to be less incentivized to pay you more money, to give you more prospects, to give you more autonomy, to give you management roles, to train you, to send you on courses, because obviously they're not going to get a return on that. So 
You want to think about where you are in your vision and where you want to go and what you want your career to look like. You want to share that with your boss or your manager. And you want to say, I'm going to be loyal to the business as long as it can help me and provide me this. And I'd love to do this with you rather than go and have to find another job. And again, that will really help because at the end of the day, if, if a company doesn't allow a, a team member to grow, if it doesn't what we call sideways promote, or if it doesn't promote forward or invest in their education, if it doesn't invest in their team members, then their team members aren't going to grow and the business isn't going to grow. So your values and the company's values are actually aligned because the more you grow and the more you learn and the more you earn, the more the company earns. I love paying my team a lot more money. Uh, we've got one of our team members at quite a high level role in management. Her salary has gone up 400% in three years. And what's inflation is like two or 3%. And that has not been because of a 100% pay rise every year. That's been because of a, a remuneration plan, which was carefully crafted between us, which serves both her and the company and is based on reward. And there's also downside risk. And the company has grown and she's been part of that. And she's incentivized to make it grow because she gets a lot more money. She can get a 20 or a 30,000 bonus per quarter and it's linked to profit. And she's in a role where if she focuses on those high key result areas and income generating tasks, it can dramatically have a difference in her bank account. In fact, it, nothing feels more amazing than these kind of conversations. But she said to me just last week, she said, I've never earned so much money. And you know, I've, I've got a huge amount of savings for the first time ever. And I didn't think, oh, bloody hell, we should be paying her less. I thought this is amazing because she's linked to the profit and loss. So is there a way you can engineer your remuneration plan to be linked to profit and loss or linked to KPIs? Because that has limitless upside. And yes, it might be a bit risky and it might be less risky than taking a 10% salary raise. But also it's, it's got an, an unlimited upside and may have a lot, a lot higher reward. So you've got to think about that. Maybe you can make some offers. Maybe you can say to your company, hey, look, I'm not looking for uh, salary raises. I'm looking for raises in extra revenue I bring to you. Now, if the company wouldn't buy into that or at least be open to that, get another job because they're clearly not right. Okay, so you've done your long-term vision. You let the company buy into your long-term vision and you show loyalty to having them help you towards that vision. And then, of course, at, at various points in performance meetings or one-to-ones, you can check in and say, hey, look, here's my vision. We're not quite getting there. I really need to get there. Can you help me get there? And you can give your employer the chance to move you in the right direction. The next thing in growing your career is stop lying. The amount of in people that uh, I have employed over the years that have lied, lied about problems, tried hidden difficulties. They haven't really been honest and upfront if I've asked them questions about how they're feeling or where they're going. Now, sometimes people do that because they're scared of the truth. Sometimes they do that because they think they want to tell me what I want to hear. But I want to hear the truth. If someone isn't happy, I want to hear it. If someone's looking for a job, I want to hear it because I want to look to help and solve that problem. I want to know what I can do to help. So, yes, you have to be careful in that sometimes the truth can be difficult for some people to take. But I believe in saying the truth. I believe in saying things like, look, at the moment I need to tell you I'm not happy. I love the culture, but in terms of my vision of where I want to go in my career, I feel like I've done A, B, C, D and E and I'm not there. Is there a way you can help me because I don't want to start looking for a job? And, and you could tell the truth as and when you're going so that it doesn't get really bad and you have to hide things. Because people will always find out when you're looking for a job. Someone will find out, you'll tell one person, everyone will find out. And then, of course, you could have controlled that by telling the truth. Next point, make sure that you are having one-to-ones with your managers and bosses. Make sure that you're having performance meetings and take those seriously. 
So when you're having performance meetings, you want to bring the following information. Write this down. You want to bring to the meeting what you covered in the last meeting. And you want to almost do the minutes of that. You want to show your manager that you implemented and did the steps that they gave you or the feedback that you took on and improved to show growth. You want to bring to the party what you want in your role. You know, maybe you want a promotion or you're looking for a promotion by six months or you'd like them to find you a managerial role or you're aiming for an an increase in money based on what you're going to give them. Bring feedback. It's really important to give your manager and employer feedback. Feedback on what they're doing well. Feedback on what you think they could improve. Give them the chance to embrace that feedback to implement the new changes. And the, the next thing linked to this is bring ideas on what the company can do better. So I always ask in every one-to-one I have, now I only have it with a few a kind of high-level managers now because we have got so many people, but I always ask what could the company do better What's the company doing well? What should the company stop doing? And then I ask, what am I doing well? What am I doing badly? What should I start and stop? And whilst the ego might not like it and want to hear all the good things, it's really important to know this. A, it keeps you humble, but B, it enables you to grow as an individual and as a business. So you should cut a deal with your employer or your company and say, hey, look, I want the company to grow and improve. I love working here at this company. Can we have this little deal where if I bring ideas or innovations and they make money, I get a share? And who's, what, who's not going to say yes to that? And if they're going to say no to that, maybe you want to look to move to a different company. So, for example, we offer a few hundred pounds if anyone introduces a new team member that stays. And we offer a, an incentive or a payment if a new idea is implemented uh, and, and it adds to the profit margin. So always come up with ideas that you can give to your employer about what they can do better or different or some ideas they can test And at that point, because you won't have any leverage if you don't, request that your remuneration is attached to it. Could I have a 10% salary if we implement this? Could I have 5% of the uplift? Could I get 10% of the bad debt that I bring into the company if I phone all the customers who've got bad debt? Could I get 10% increase in sales if I build a a referral or an ambassador program? And of course, that's such a great way to increase your money over and over and over again and encourages you to be innovative and be that entrepreneur within the enterprise. I personally enjoy having low salary, high commission. That's what I had when I had a job. My first job was free with commission only. Then I got paid a token £6 an hour with commission only. Then £8 an hour with commission only. And I went from zero to a six-figure salary in one year. Then I got fired. Probably was a bit too entrepreneurial. So you shouldn't be scared of having a lot of upside on commission or share of extra money that you bring because remember your remuneration is directly linked to the value that you bring the business. Maybe you want to ask what the profit margin of the company is. If the, if the profit margin is an 11%, you could say, hey, well, I'll take an 8% net profit margin. So there's still increased profit margin within the company. There's some ideas there. So make sure you get agreements. Each time you set a, a KPI of improved performance or an improved metric, at that point, not after, but at that point, get agreements. Say, hey, I'd love to do that. If I do that, will you remunerate me by doing this? And they're going to say yes. A couple more things then is receive feedback graciously and give it elegantly. So if you can't receive feedback graciously, you're not going to grow and your managers aren't going to be inclined to give you feedback because you're defensive and you're just going to be kind of less valuable to the company. If you receive it graciously and improve it, 
Most people who are employing you don't want you to be perfect. Maybe they want you to take some risks, but they do want to know that you'll take feedback on and you'll improve and you'll grow and you won't make the same mistake a load of times. They don't want to feel like you're this old dog that they can't teach new tricks to. And then when you give feedback, give it elegantly. You know, give it humbly. Make suggestions. Because remember, people can be a bit defensive when they receive feedback. A couple of things I'd like to point out that I think will help you gain perspective in your role. I'm really proud of the culture that we have at our companies. And very often people only know how good the culture was when they've left. There are many companies around our area that are corporatized and, you know, clocking in and clocking out and expect the pound of flesh and they don't really value you as a person. Maybe they're too big. Their, their, Their culture is a bit cold. And we have a very open culture. Our values are progressive, innovative and personal. We're very warm. We do lots of fun things together. It's open plan. We're not really that strict on rules. If people get their job done, then we let them wear what they want, kind of do what they want, say what they want. There's a lot of banter between the higher level managers and what you might call the lower level staff. It's very much a flat hierarchy. And people take that for granted when, you know, maybe they're not feeling so good about their role and they only know how valuable it is when they've left. And I think it's just important to say to you, if you're looking elsewhere because you're uncomfortable where you are, you've got to remember a few things. Number one is it's not necessarily better anywhere else. It's just different. You've got to give your employer a chance to improve your role and give you more money, like in all these steps I've suggested. And then, of course, if you flog the dead horse, then you move on. So it's very rarely better anywhere else. It's just different. And so the challenges will be in different areas. And if you get paid more money, there'll there'll be more responsibility. And, you know, you might not necessarily want that. If you've got more, you might have more autonomy, but you might have less promotion paths or ability to grow your career or learn. So there's always a trade-off and you've got to be aware of that. So, you know, your life isn't already solved and everything amazingly better when you get a new job. Also, you've got to reskill. You've got to start again at the bottom. Now, you might have had a, a, the same role in the new company in terms of the hierarchy of where you are, but you've got to learn the culture, some of the politics. You've got to learn how this different product or service or business is offered or sold and, and all this knowledge you've built over the years, which is unconscious that you don't even know that you know that just comes out of your mouth. That resets to zero when you move companies. So that's just something to think about. I don't like it when people use leaving or a better salary or a better job as leverage. Personally, it doesn't make me want to retain people at all. Now, I do have a bit of an authority complex and I'm a bit of a contrarian, so maybe part of that is my personality. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it. I'm saying you should use it as a last resort because you'll only get to use that once. Your employer won't go for that again. They'll just let you go. And remember, you probably want a reference for them. So I would only use that as a final resort when you've tried absolutely everything else that I've told you in this podcast. Also, when you're looking for salary raises, I really don't like it when people go really high and think, hey, we're in a negotiation here and let's meet in the middle because people get paid what they're worth. And if someone is asking for way more than they're worth, it kind of doesn't make you necessarily feel that good as an employer or a boss. So be careful with those games. You know, I know that you've got to probably having this little balance when you're requesting, requesting a salary raise, but don't be careful with that because that could backfire. Okay, so sum up a couple of the main points or benefits. I think the most important one is you do the role of the job that you want, that pays the amount that you want. You go over and above and create more value for your company and you will get remunerated. Now, by the way, if you get to the point where you think you've been doing this for ages and ages and ages and ages and you're not, Either one, you're not doing it as much as you two, or number, or you could, or number two, you'll get headhunted. 
And the reality is, if you're doing a great job and giving great value, people will see and you will get headhunted. So, you know, stick with it. Also, make sure that you get commitment for your remuneration based on the value that you give and and make a measurable KPI. If I do this for the business, then can I have this? Can I have 8% of this, 12% of this? And get some commitment, get it written down, and you will grow and grow and grow and make more and more and more money. You'll be the entrepreneur that you want, or at least you'll make the money that you want as quick as you can so you can then be a disruptive entrepreneur, leave and go and run your own business. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, a little bit of a different flavor for entrepreneurs as well as entrepreneurs. If you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Make sure that you're in the Disruptive Entrepreneurs community, which is Facebook forward slash groups forward slash The Disruptive Entrepreneurs community. Play that on 0.5 times speed. Or just search Disruptive Entrepreneur Community in Facebook. There's thousands of us all at it. There's many videos, many downloads, many things that you can't get on a podcast. And I love sharing and giving to you so that together we can create more global financial freedom for yourself and for the rest of the world. Thank you very much.